Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon are here on a, almost said a Tuesday. It's a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon. Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you. Thanks for spending uh, some of your morning here with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. John Cannon, who for years uh, was in the Bay Area and covered Golden State. He's here now, but he still keeps up in tabs with Golden State. So we'll pick his brain on the Western Conference, the Western Conference representative, as he'll get set to take on Boston Game 1 tomorrow night. John Cannon coming up at 10.30. At 10.45, we're going to talk hockey with our friend Joe O'Donnell, the voice, radio voice of the Minnesota Wild. What a game last night. We'll get into that, preview a little bit about tonight's game. You won't see 14 goals scored in this bad boy tonight. The goalies are remarkably more skilled than the two buffoons we saw last night. Both of which, by the way, did you know this? Called Des Moines home. What? Mike Smith and Darcy Kemper both were here. Kemper, of course, with the Iowa mm-hmm. Wild. My, I'm trying to remember. Was Mike Smith a star or a chop? Remember Way the back chops? In the day. Oh, I remember. Um, I ran the board on the chops. Did you really? Yeah, up the dial. Did you? Is that where they played? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. Um, that surprises me. But yeah, Mike Smith was here. When would that have been, Trent? Two thousand five, six, seven, four. Oh, yeah, we're talking probably 2008, 2009 Oh, yeah, with the chops. Yeah, yes. I think Smith was here before that. Okay. But regardless, both of those guys, who neither one of them finished the game last night, uh, both called Des Moines home at one point as they made their way to the NHL. So uh, Joe O'Donnell, looking forward to catching up with him, maybe some of the uh, offseason uh, with the Minnesota Wild. Uh, looking forward to our conversation with a good guy and a guy that we're both very happy for, that he uh, was able to live his dream, calling NHL hockey. At 11.05, we're going to talk college football pete futek uh, from college football news will join us at, uh, with the sec meetings going on they're making a little bit of news uh, so we'll talk to pete futek and then at 11 30 well it's wednesday that means centurion stone makes it possible for us to talk to our buddy david kaplan david kaplan the white Sox lose the cubs win uh, we'll get into that with Cappy uh, from coming up here at 11.30. How are you? I'm doing well. Fun Brewers-Cubs game last night. You know what, Trent? I'm glad you started there because I enjoyed the hell out of it. I really did, too. I It's kind of one of those games you just have a smile on, mm-hmm. on your face and you get the young guys going. That's what it's all about at this point, right? The excitement mm-hmm. that they were bringing. This morale is fun to watch. The building. Wrigley was... Yeah. Now, there, there was wasn't a ton of fans. Right. But there was there was pop there yeah, last night. Yeah, there was excitement. Point. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's not going to be banged out with 39,000 people, but no. <laughs> good crowd. You got the Brewers fans that are in there, too, and their yep. team's good. And, you know, there's probably a little jawing going on there and this young, scrappy team. It was fun last night. I'm glad you brought it up because yeah. I spent a lot of time watching the game last night. Higgins, they put a headset on him. He comes up in a pinch hitting roll. He knocks one over the fence back to back days. Um, you know, for, you mentioned the Brewers fans in the building. It's, I mean, with the shoes on the other foot, it was Cubs fans that would oh, just yes. take over Milwaukee. I wonder if that will still be the case. And they don't call it Miller. Park anymore. What it's always it? Miller Park to me. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree, and it's a wonderful place. I've seen. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I've been there uh, for a series. Oh, uh, Smith played for the Iowa Stars. Thank you. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's a, it's a fun ballpark, fun ballpark. But uh, it's, you're right; it'll always be Miller Park. But uh, it was a fun fun game last night. Giolito had it going early, had the mm-hmm. strikeout going, but Jays got to him uh, late in that baseball game. Your Blue Jays are playing well. They've won six in a row. Conversely, the Angels have lost six in a row. Yeah, going the wrong way. After mm-hmm. we talked about just yesterday, what a good story that would be for baseball and the importance of having Trout and Otani in the playoffs. You got to win. <laughs> you have to get there first. Yes. In order to be in the playoffs. So what did you think of the hockey game last night? Other than the fact that the goaltenders suck, the, the, the skill, the offensive skill that both of these teams have with Colorado and with Edmonton, with Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon, et, et cetera, representing their teams. Um, it, it's just the, the, the speed is mm-hmm. just another level, Trent. As a very novice hockey watcher, it felt like every time there was a good shot, it was going in. Right. It really had that yeah. feeling. Like, if you can get it on goal, you're going to score. Well, Darcy Kemper left the game, and after the game, he was quoted as saying he couldn't see the puck. His vision was blurred. Oof. And, you know, I can't argue the point because it looked <laughs> like he couldn't see. It's a hell of an excuse, even right? if it's not true. Yeah. Right. Or were the lights too bright? What was going on there? Uh, well, it seemed seemingly they might yes. have been in the uh, in the grand scheme of things. But you know, I had so much fun back in that Edmonton Calgary series, just watching mm-hmm. those two teams and and the offensive and the firepower. battle of Alberta and the two cities absolutely hate each other and they're within. I don't remember. It's like ninety miles apart. Oh, really? it's that oh they're close. close yeah, That's Edmonton's awesome. more north of Calgary. Calgary's a prettier city. Um, but yeah, they hate each other and it's a great rivalry. But yeah, it was. Uh, now Calgary fans are rooting for the Colorado Avalanche. Right. And going against their, uh-huh. their what, province mate, I guess, up yep, there. indeed. So watching it, it just, it's so different than kind of, I, I guess, hockey that I'm used to and the physicality and, and how the New Jersey Devils kind of ruined hockey in the yeah, late 90s. The trap. And, yeah. In the early 2000s. And, mm-hmm. and just, they did. The free-flowing game that I first kind of remember, and it's just slight memories, but because hockey was never a big part of, sure. of my watching, but... I remember that, kind of the free-flowing style of hockey. And is it coming back, or is it just, like you said, two terrible goaltenders? No, I think it is. I think the rules have changed. There's no more clutching and grabbing. Mm -hmm. They call the hooking a lot more. And it's better for the game. I mean, the game isn't as physical. Because for me, that's a lot more fun. I agree. I'd rather watch that than a 2-1. I was late to the party. Yeah. Um, You liked your old-school physical hockey. But but this is better, and this this is something that will... Um, like you say, we'll grow the game. Now, tonight, I would be surprised if we're talking about a 4-2-4-3-5-4 kind of game. I think this has 3-2-2-1-2 zip written all over it. Yes, uh, yesterday, of course, one of my plays was the over in that one. And that was, that was settled essentially after <laughs> right. the first 20 minutes. I feel good. Feeling really well, good so about that So it was six one. and a half, and they scored five goals in the first period. Yeah. Right. And then... To start the second, Colorado had a man advantage because Edmonton challenged the uh, what they thought was offside. It was mm-hmm. ruled correctly, um, and they scored on the ensuing power play. <laughs> yeah, you felt pretty darn good that that was home free. Tonight, the total is way lower. It's five and a half. Well, and that's normally where it is. And yeah. I think I'd be. Ter- I think I would be Leading tempted under? to take a taste of the under. Yeah, Tampa's is it talented. juiced at all? Uh, let me see here because I just have the total listed. I'm going to guess it has to be. Well, it will be by, by, because I don't think that we're the only ones that have this opinion. Right. And if they want to, and stay we saw that it, yesterday. Sure. It was seven pretty much across the board everywhere except, except for Circa. Circa. Yeah. And they had it at six and a half, but it was minus one forty mm-hmm. if you're going on the overside. So tonight, let's go to Circa and bring it up. The do do do. How about this? Just minus one twenty on the under. 
even if you're going on the over five and a half goals. Well, we'll, we'll watch that. Uh, Ohio gets sports wagering starting mm-hmm. January the 1st. There is a little news to the north of us. Minnesota, it was shot down when it was appeared that it was headed for passage. Uh, at the last minute, I guess the tribes... Um, we're none too pleased that the racetrack see that as Canterbury, and there's a harness track on the Wisconsin-Minnesota border. Okay. Uh, it's called Running Aces. I'm not sure exactly where it is, but it's in Minnesota. Uh, and they thought that they would be able to offer sports like Prairie does. Mm-hmm. And the tribe said, no, we're not going to. We will oppose this mm-hmm. if uh, if the tracks want to be involved with it. And... It got shot down. I mean, they have as much, they have, their influence is to a point that they could derail a bill that seemingly was headed uh, for passage. Now, look at it. It's great for the casino. What's the one? The uh, Northwood, yeah. The Northwood Casino. Top of Iowa, yeah. You know, Paul Allen's joined us a number of times, and he's not alone making that trip across the border. Um, so they they did not get it because of that very factor that the uh, tribes use their flex their muscle, if you will. And the tribes are very strong in Minnesota. That's mm-hmm. a huge part of the gambling component up there. You know, it's so interesting. And maybe look, the Condens are big gamblers. Big surprise, right? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't just come out of thin air with this. This right. is something that is very deep in my lineage. But my family up there and going up there, and you go into a bar, you go into a tavern, and there's pull tabs everywhere, and you go to different places and. It feels like gambling is such a huge part of Minnesota and just kind of everyday life and the continued hurdles Mm -hmm. that are there in a state that if you would have told me, all right, overturn state by state, Mm -hmm. if you would have told me that they were going to be certainly well past half now, the states that have already legalized it, that they were going to be this deep into it and still not have legalized sports wagering, I would have called you crazy. Right. Because I believe, I think of Minnesotans. As big gamblers, I, I think of Minnesota as a gambling state, and for it to take this long, it's really come as a big surprise to me. No, I'm with you. In fact, in fact Trent, I would have thought Minnesota would go before... Um, I thought they'd be like the top 10. Yeah, go before Iowa. Would. Yeah, maybe, yeah. So, anyways. Well, thank goodness for us that we had that one wrong. Indeed. Uh, our buddy Stephen M. Sipple has a job. Hopefully, he's going to join us tomorrow. Uh, we we uh, Sips joined the program, uh, programs I've been part of, going back into the 90s. Um, he covers Nebraska, and he did so for the Lincoln Journal Star. He's now um, going to be part of On3 Media. Yes. Is, so is, is this kind of a challenger to rivals? It is. So the guy that put this together was the one that built rivals. Oh. Built Scout. And this is now his third venture Holy mackerel. of building a new one. So he's, he's got a little experience behind him. Yes. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's got a great stable of writers already, including kind of the head college football guy, mm-hmm. Ivan Mazel. Yep. As good as you're going to Jeremy find Jeremy Crabtree, who was mm-hmm. the head recruiter at Rivals. At right? Rivals for a long time. Now he's a part of this. So they're getting a lot of good writers. Mm-hmm. They're trying to maybe do it a little bit differently than the way that Scout and Rivals were built. But yeah, that's what's behind this on three media and really good group. I don't get over there very often. Every once in a while, though, I'll find an article, I'll click on it, not even realizing where I'm going to. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is that place, and it's really good. Well, it looks as though it's going to be a pay side. Well, I know it is. Mm -hmm. um, And they've got a – you can join for a year for a buck. So I think I'll find a buck to to support my buddy Stephen M. Sipple uh, and the uh, folks over there. But this is the way it's going, right? Yep. This is the way it's going. Now, I speculated when he made the announcement that maybe a gambling company, because sports is going to Nebraska, not Minnesota, but Nebraska doesn't do anything. No. They had, what was the stupid game that they play over there? Keno? Keno. Keno. Really? 
Keno. And, and people show up to play Keno. You ever play Keno? I have. Late night in Vegas one time. Had to be. Was there oh. nothing else going on? Were you hammered? Oh, I was bombed. <laughs> right. and the last $5 in my pocket. So this is a good spot to spend there. Well, I mean, you can win $100,000. There you go. Time to get even or even worse. That $5 quickly dissipated. I have no idea how to play the game. It's kind of like a bingo type game. Is it? Yeah. But yeah, I remember. But I do see that some, I mean, some of the older properties still in Vegas, they offer Kino. Yeah. Sit there and hope for the best, right? I, I guess so. Hope your number comes up. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see if, if indeed it does. So hopefully Sip will join us uh, here tomorrow to talk uh, about that. Twins split a double dip yesterday. Mm-hmm. Got the early game. You know what uh, my memory of that? Not my memory. My takeaway from that. Jim Cott doing the play. Or doing he was the doing it over the weekend, too. Was he? He is so good. Yeah, I mean he's lost, but he's Jim Cod, right? Yeah, he opens yeah. his mouth, and you know who you know who it is. And I mean, he's not. I mean, look, when you get older, you're never as good as you once were, right? You're past your prime. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was good to hear him. Now, is this just this weekend only? I will he guess. be back? No. Well, he usually does a couple of series, a series a year. Yeah. I think it's maybe three that he ends up doing. Of course, he's still involved with the Red Sox broadcast, and and that Red broadcast. Sox are the Yankees uh, or. Well, it's the Red Sox for years, and yeah, now it's the Yankees. Because, yeah, that Nesson crew is yeah. so good. He's, I just love listening to him. I do, too. He was telling a story. It was Monday. It was, it was on Memorial Day. And watching the game, and he was talking about Zolio Versalis, the second baseman, mm-hmm. and talking about you know when he came up, he didn't think of any shortstop that could hit. And all of a sudden, this guy has 17 home runs. And he said, Zolio... Boy, he could get to a lot of balls, and he would make a lot of errors. And just yeah. you know, telling those stories, right. and, and you know, guys that my uncle and my grandpa used to talk about all the time. And, and he is such a knowledge base. And then breaking down pitching, he still does it Absolutely. at such a high level. Yeah, when he's on the broadcast, it is a treat because you only yep. get a couple of times Couldn't a year. Agree with you more. And if you happen to be bounced around looking for some baseball tonight, make your way to Bally Sports North and, and just listen to Cop for a couple innings because he's that good. And we just don't get it very often. No, we don't. And and the the other thing is, I'm kind of surprised that he's um, you know doing these series on the road. I would have thought he would have done them uh, in, in the home ballpark, but uh, but that's not the case. Um, so that was good. Uh, the Cubs again. It was a fun watch last night. I think this is what this is going to be with this team. It's um, you know watching some of the guys that have made their way through here um, come up and. Try and make a major league career. We shall see. Uh, Bill wants to join the uh, program or welcome uh, anybody to do that at any time. 515-284-5966. Bill, what's on your mind? Good morning, guys. Uh, my wife kind of shocked me over the weekend. She said, let's go to Vegas. Ooh. Oh, yeah. okay. That's a keeper, <laughs> Bill. Yeah, that's a keeper. Yeah. So I'm talking to the two Las Vegas gurus here. <laughs> Where should we start? Where should we stay without breaking the bank? All well, right. what nights are you going? Is it going to be a weekend? It'll probably be like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, wraparound I'll... weekend yep. in the summertime. Now, what are you looking to do? Are you looking to gamble? Are you looking to do some shows? Are you looking pools? Right. What, what are you looking for in this trip with the, the lady? Guessing if you're listening to us, you're not thinking about going clubbing. <laughs> <laughs> We're not big gamblers. We like to go to the shows, and we like the people watch. Right. Well, you're going to find plenty of that mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. Um, so I I'd would go like downtown. I'm sorry. I'd like to get a suite, but not a penthouse. Uh, right, I, I can't afford that. Well, the Venetian's a beautiful property, uh, and you're gonna you're gonna kind of sweet feel in the Venetian, and it's right kind of centralized uh, um, on the Strip. 
It's got a great sports book. Just if you just even want to watch games, uh, it, it's a great property. It's right next to Palazzo. There's there's a ton to do around that. I would see any of the Cirque shows. My favorite is Love. Uh, and I wasn't a Beatles fan growing up, Bill, but um, I, I saw Love for the first time. It's at the Mirage, and my wife and I have been back three times to see it uh, from different uh, different viewing areas of the auditorium. It, it's terrific, but any of the Cirque shows are really good. Um, Southwest, unfortunately, doesn't fly there nonstop anymore, but Allegiant does. But they're going to nickel and dime you. I, I flew back from there last week, and I, it was a wonderful experience. Planes were full. Uh, but you're gonna if you're going on the weekend, you're, I mean, the rates obviously are going to be higher than you would be there on a Monday, Tuesday, or a Wednesday. But uh, my my um, the wind is beautiful. Venetian is spectacular. Those would be my or if you want to stay downtown, stay at Circa. And it's not just because they advertise on our show. It's a wonderful property, it really is. And Fremont Street's a sight to behold. Well, put it this way: the last time we were in Vegas, the Tropicana was on the very far end of the. Oh, wow, it's been a while. It's been a it's, while. It's yeah, it's been a while. So the Mandalay Bay right across the street wasn't there at that time. Yeah, it's been a while since no. you've been there. Hey, Bill, uh, have fun. Thanks for uh, thanks for reaching out. And thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Good to hear from you. And uh, that's a keeper there that's suggesting let's go to Vegas. I like that. Yeah. So if he's uh, heading out or anybody heading out, August. 12th that weekend we By the will way, be there. I bought my flights. You did? Yes. I saw that there is an Allegiant flight that's going out late Thursday. I think that's the one that I'll be hopping on mm-hmm. and coming back on Sunday. But if you're going out there, we'll be there the weekend of the 12th. Yep. We'll be there for those uh, days leading into the weekend. Going to have a lot of fun events going on with Circa. And you can use the discount code. That weekend only. No, well, that's not true. It's the weekend, that weekend or the following, correct? 7 through the 17th. August 7th through gotcha. the 17th, you can use the discount code MC20. Miller Condon, Condon 20% off yep. your room. Not just at Circa, though, but also just across the street there in Fremont at the D, which mm-hmm. is a really nice property, too. It is. They've uh, really done a lot of nice mm-hmm. things inside of there. they got the old horse racing game that you yep. can sit down and play, it's which is It's not as awesome. nice as Circa. Right. But if you're looking to save a little bit of money, yep. you can go to the D also. So both the D and Circa, MC20, August 7th through the 17th, you can use that discount code, and we'll be out there the weekend of August 12th. And correct me if I'm wrong, but, but if you stay at the D, you can still experience Stadium Swim yep. for free. Yeah, you just show your card, your right. hotel key card to the D, and you get in there at no price. Because it's like, what is it, 20 or 30 bucks? 30 bucks, I think, on weekends? Yeah, it depends on what's going on. If uh-huh. there's other events, and can be as high as, well, I mean, Super Bowl, I think it was $100 to get right. in. This past weekend, it was 30 because I know a guy that was out there. So, yeah, if you're not staying at one of their properties, it does cost to get in. But if you stay at the D, mm-hmm. you can still get into Stadium Swim at no cost, and you can go that route, too. I was looking the week that we're going to be out there. With our discount code, I think rooms, you know, we're a little over 200 tonight at Circa. At the D, they were like 80 a night. Oh, so, really? Yeah, pretty big difference yeah. there between the two. So it just depends on what your budget is. I, I'll be honest, I'd probably be staying at the D mm-hmm. if we didn't have our connection with right, Circa. Right. But I completely understand it. But again, that is good. MC20, the 7th through the 17th of August, if you're heading out there and hopefully signing up for those football contests. So do we have, is is there a limited block of rooms? Once they're gone, they're gone? No, the, at least right now, they, they said that they are available for basically anybody right now that wants Good. to use them. So a few people have already uh, dipped in and, and uh-huh. been using that discount code. So again, we'll be out there. We're going to do our show live from the VEASAN studios at Circa on Friday. 
Then on Saturday, we're going to have a stadium swim. We're going to have a little cabana. So you can stop on by, say hello to us, and eh, I'll probably hoist a beer or two with you on Saturday. Uh, Good stuff. Well, uh, looking looking forward to being out there. Now I'm going to leave a little bit earlier than you. Of course. That's what you like to do. You go out early. It's true. And my son lives out there now, so I want to go spend some time with my boy. have some fun with him. He works for Circa. He's actually been, where's he been? Golden Gate. Oh, okay. Uh, that's where he's been doing his thing uh, last week or so. Anyway, so, yeah, coming up 7th through the 17th, the code for the discount, MC20. Uh, MC20. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. going to be a fun time. And those two events that we're talking about are those two contests we're talking about, of course, Circa Millions and Circa Survivors. It's a $1,000 get-in. Most of you, if you bet every week, are going to go through that journey. Yeah, it's fifty dollars a week, right? It's not even, right? Not even fifty bucks a week. So it's going to be that'll be a fun time. Looking forward to that. All right, John Cannon is coming up. Uh, have you started to um, you know read some of the people that cover the NBA? Um, not a lot of love for the Celtics out there. And I, I think I become more emboldened in liking too. the Celtics. The more and more that it just feels like so many people are thinking this is a foregone conclusion. A trend. I see the same thing, and I, what am I missing? The path also that Boston has gone through, starting with the Nets and completely dispatching that team. That has a ton of talent. Yeah, they sure. got problems, but you sweep them. Yeah. And then you beat the reigning champions, the Bucs. Mm-hmm. And you do it in impressive fashion. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can make the argument they showed on six of those seven games. Yeah, and that's how good they played. Yeah. And then a very pesky Heat team. Well, the number one seed in the East for crying out loud. The you Heat. go on in Game Seven and really control a game for the first forty-four minutes of uh-huh. it, and you get a victory there in Game Seven and you win that series. Compared to the path of what Golden State's gone through, right? It's completely different. Yeah, I mean, no, no offense, Luka Doncic. Right. I mean, you're the Lone Ranger. Well, they beat a five seed in the conference finals. Mm-hmm. They beat a Memphis team without John Morant. Right. And in the first round, it just, the path that Boston has taken has been so much more difficult. They're battle-tested. This is a defensive team, as we've talked about, that as good as we've seen in years. Now, Golden State plays some defense, too. To, they do. their defense. But I'm with you on, on Boston. At plus 135, and that's uh-huh. what it's currently at at Circa. Yeah, i already taken a taste. I've taken a taste on Boston. I already got both sides and another book, so kind of play in the middle here, but... That's where my money's going. I'm going on Boston and the Celtics here just because I think it's a lot closer than a lot of people. And certainly what the, the series price is saying it is right now. Well, I've seen uh, Warriors sweep, Warriors in five. Yeah. Maybe it'll go six. No, I think it's going to – well, I'm, look, at, this is my head as opposed mm-hmm. to – I'm hoping it goes to the distance. Right? Who doesn't want to see more NBA finals basketball before it is? You know, it's funny, Trent. We don't pay attention to this sport at all during the winter. Mm-hmm. Very seldom. Right. And this winter we won't because Christmas Day is the only day. Yeah. But there's football this year. So I can't wait to see how – I mean, it will get crushed. The NFL will crush the mm-hmm. NBA – on Christmas Day. But when we get out of, when they cut down the nets at the, at the college basketball championship and we are on the prem, uh, on the cusp of the NBA final, we get into it in a big time way, right? right? Which kind of, you know, why don't you guys follow this more during the break? There's just too much going on. There's too many guys sitting out. That and, and I, when Iowa State, moved the needle right. like nothing else. If we flipped on the microphones at 10 o'clock and we started talking about right. the, the Jazz Nuggets game from the night before, right. people would be flipping the dial. Yes. 
I could just see fingers reaching for dials. That's not what you want. It's 1025. John Cannon covered Golden State for a long time, lived in the Bay Area. He lives here now, but he's going to opine on the team that he still uh, watches very closely. Uh, Joe O'Donnell, Trent, and I are going to pass the puck around to 1045. That's the first hour of the program. Miller and Condon are underway on a Wednesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3.com. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, the winter sports. Oh, the days and the games, they are dwindling, sadly. Uh, NBA in the finals. Uh, NHL in the conference finals. We'll talk to Joe O'Donnell from the voice of the Minnesota Wild coming up here at about 15 minutes or thereabouts. But right now, John Cannon, who spent a lot of time in the uh, Bay Area, covered Golden State when they stunk. Right, John Cannon? (laughs) Which was a lot. Yes. A long time. Luckily, a lot of the time they were stinking. I was in Phoenix Ah. uh, covering the Suns, who were were pretty good. Um, Not good enough, uh, ever, but... um, but pretty good, and it's funny that you guys may have noticed that my voice today is uh, very radio-like. I mean, I really, I'm envious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me too. Um, and I, and the story that I have to tell about this is there was a, a time when I was doing daily shows on a, on a radio station like yours in Phoenix, and four hours a day by myself, by the way. Mm. And and mm. then I was doing Suns pregame, halftime, postgame TV, um, and <clears throat> they had a playoff series where they played Saturday and Sunday against Houston. And so I went right from the week of shows into that weekend. And on Monday I was sick and this was my voice. And so I called the station to say, I cannot do the show today. And I had a new program director. I had only talked to him one time and he's like, what do you, what do you mean? You sound great. (laughs) I said, yeah, man, if this was my voice every day, I'd sound great. And you'd be paying me three times as much as you are. But it's not, and you're not. The so Jim Brinson I'm, School I'm of Radio. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. he doesn't sound like this when he's not on the air. Uh-huh. Hey. Uh, uh, yeah, I wish I could do that. I wish I knew how. Hey, man. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, there's a little um, basketball game finally uh, coming up here uh, tomorrow night. That's exciting. Looking uh, forward to it. Hey, So, John... Your perspective, obviously, you watch a ton of Warriors games still to this day, and you look at this team. It's a different group. Age has been there, certainly, for Steph Curry. He's not the guy he still once was, but he's still really good. And Klay Thompson coming off the ACL and the two missed seasons. And Draymond, offensively, maybe not the same guy that he once was. But that core is still there. And, And the importance... The way this organization just continues, six finals now in the last eight seasons and and doing it with this group, just the importance of that and maybe solidifying just how good this big three has been over the last decade. Well, I'm reading a lot about that uh, this week is uh, Steph's legacy. He needs it. He needs an NBA finals MVP for his legacy. And, mm. and, uh, and, and this team needs this or that, or, or uh, you know, and, and for those of us who have watched game in and game out uh, since Steve Kerr showed up, um, they don't need any of that. Right. You know, they're, they're, this is this has been a great team, um, but I do understand why why everyone else who kind of lines things up needs needs to see it. Um, but and and I just think that people still, after all these years, misunderstand Curry completely. And I, I hear a lot of talking heads talk about this needing needing this you know Finals MVP. Curry's greatness is in his gravity. 
It's what he does on the basketball floor to all the other players. And, and when he is there, other teams have to play a certain way. Sometimes he scores anyway. And there, there was a great line by, by Marcus Thompson in the athletic, in one of these playoff games where he said that in this game, they didn't need his gravity. They needed his greatness. And he did it. He put him on his back in the fourth quarter and they, and he won a game. But he doesn't always do that, but his impact is always felt. Even if he's having an off shooting night, you cannot leave him. And, and it changes everything. And it, and, and Clay Thompson is a guy that I think has always gotten that. You know, that, that he, on another team, he'd be a good player, a really good player. He'd be, maybe even be an all-star. He wouldn't be the Clay Thompson he's been if he didn't have Steph Curry on the other side of the floor from him. And it's it's really been fun to watch. You know, as much as I like to watch him shoot, I I enjoy when he puts the ball on the floor. He's got a little Al Iverson, a little toughness in him, right? That uh, taking the ball to the basket amongst all those, you know, six ten, six eleven, he he's fearless. So what? Speaking of fear, yes, Kim, one of the one of the consistently one of the best finishers. Yes, he is. I agree with you. I agree, and that, and that's an underrated part of his game because we 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 see, hear the name Steph Curry, we want to watch him shoot, but um, right. you know, the, there's more to it than that. So what? As a guy that uh, watches as much Golden State as you do, what where where do the Celtics have an edge, or what would worry Steve Kerr as he prepares for this game? Well, size for one thing, um, and that a lot is going to depend on how healthy Robert Williams is. But even without him, the Celtics are long, and long teams cause the Warriors problems. Like Memphis is a really long team. You guys were talking about the road that the Warriors took and how they beat. Memphis without John Morant. Well, I will tell you something. The Memphis was tougher without John Morant for the Warriors. Because with John Morant on the floor, there was a guy they could attack on every possession. John Morant couldn't guard any of the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And with him off the floor, suddenly you've got five-plus yeah. defenders. Right. And that's when the series really turned Memphis's way. And, and the Warriors had to get back on top of it. <laughs> and one of the things that the Warriors do, I think better than anybody, but I'm biased, is adjust in the middle of a series. After they've seen a couple of games, they make adjustments, and then they make adjustments to the adjustments that the other team makes. And they were their very first year, they were down 2-1 in Memphis when they had uh, Gasol and Zach Randolph, and they were, they were outsized in that series. And they, that's when they stopped guarding Tony Allen. And it changed the way the NBA plays basketball. All of a sudden, not guarding a non-shooter became a thing in that series. And then the next series, they were down 2-1 to Cleveland. And they put Iguodala in the starting lineup to guard LeBron. They, he hadn't started all year long. He winds up winning the finals MVP, which maybe should have been Curry's, but you can't argue that Iguodala changed the series when he became a starter. So that's what they've done when they've needed to. And let's face it, they haven't always needed to. <laughs> There's been a lot of series yeah. where they just went out and played. But when they get challenged, as they have been this year, they've, they've made the adjustments that they've needed to. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how they attack Boston and then how they make the adjustments and whether Boston's coaching staff can keep up with the adjustments that the, that the Warriors make. Also wondering about the health of Gary Payton II. He was so good defensively, a lockdown defender. You can play him on a bunch of different guys. He was playing so well before that unfortunate injury that he had back against Dylan Brooks in Memphis in that aforementioned series. What do you know about Payton and what he does if he's out there healthy, how he can impact the series? 
Well, he's a game-time decision, um, and that's promising because it means if he's not in game one, he probably would be in game two. And the NBA has spaced the games out, I think, in a different way this year than they have in the past. I, I really didn't compare it. But I know that it, it, I, I remember that early in these runs, the first few games were spaced out, and then they'd go every other game for like games five, six, and seven, which didn't make any sense to me because that's when you're traveling every game back and forth from coast to coast in the finals, and they were making them play every other game. This time, there's only one time when there's one game, one day between games, and that's three and four where there's no travel. So that's going to help. I think it's going to help both teams because both teams are battling with injuries and they're going to need more recovery time. Gary Payton has been a revelation this season. He's a guy that did not initially make the roster. They actually waived him. He cleared waivers, and then they signed him to the 15th spot. And they, that was for some contract thing. They were able to to give him less money or fit him under the cap better. I don't know what, what happened, but that's why they did it. They took a chance, and they put him right through the whole, every team in the league passed on him. Mm. And then they put him back on the 15th spot. And then for a while, Kerr just put him in, like with seven seconds to go, and the other team would have the ball at the end of a quarter. They'd put him in. He'd get a steal. Like, <laughs> so Kerr started thinking, well, you know, maybe we should use him more. He wound up leading the league in, in steals on a per-minute basis. He had like two and a half steals for 36 minutes. And he just, he loves to pick a guy up in the backcourt and just bring him, just follow him all the way up. And, and you'll find a lot of good point guards, like, like Morant, they would give up the ball. They wouldn't bring it up the floor because they didn't want to deal with Peyton. So he's huge if he's in the game. Um, and the other guy who has been very important for them, who has been hurt, is Otto Porter, who was great at the beginning of this series. The first two months of the season, he was awesome. And then he went into an abyss, couldn't hit a three-pointer, just was really ineffective. And then in the playoffs, it all came together for him again. And he became the guy they needed to come off the bench and hit a few. Because those guys have to hit three-pointers. Peyton, Porter, the guys, if Kaminga and Moody are in there, those guys. Because there's, there's an old saying that Don Nelson, ironically, great Celtic and a guy who coached the Warriors for a long time. He, he says, a shot created must be taken. And you'll see it all the time, even in the even in the NBA playoffs. A guy, there's pass, 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 open shot, but the guy's not confident. He either hesitates or he doesn't take it at all. He passes, he dribbles, turnover. Happens all the time. And so those guys, when a shot is created and it winds up in Porter's hands or Payton's hands, they have to shoot it, number one. That's more important even than making it. They have to shoot it. And then once they shoot it, they sure better make some of them. And that's that's going to be a really important thing to keep an eye on in this season. Well, Wiggins has been terrific. He's uh, he's a Wiggins, guy that's Wiggins, certainly Wiggins. had uh, he's disappeared some nights, but he's been great. John, we got like 15 seconds left. Uh, how do you see this series? How many games? Who wins the series? Um, I, I think the Warriors win it. I think it's at least six, maybe seven. I think I think you know, I think I think it's going to be a great series. I really I really am looking forward to it. And you know what, John? We'll do this again as the series goes on. We'll grab you next week because you're right. There's three days between games, so uh, it's good stuff. All Thank right. you, John. Can appreciate that too. Yep. Thank you. Good to talk to you. John Cannon, as we take a look at uh, Golden State and Boston. Uh, from the hardwood to, well, to the ice. Uh, Joe O'Donnell uh, joins us next on the Stanley Cup Playoffs. This is Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. com.
all out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. All right, let's get Joe Donnell in here as we welcome you back to Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Joe is the radio voice of the Minnesota Wild. Wild sadly knocked out in the first round of the playoffs, the Blues. And the Blues put up a hell of a fight against Colorado. Colorado draws first blood in the West. We will get the Rangers and the back-to-back defending cup champions, Tampa Bay, in the Eastern Conference final game one tonight. Joe Trent Ken, thanks for coming on, Joe O'Donnell. So once the Wild are knocked out, have you had enough? I mean, do you watch the playoffs <laughs> or just, you know what, I'm taking a break from hockey. I know you're a hockey fan. You're watching, right? Yeah, I got to. Um but based around the kids' sports schedules, ah, you know, nice. uh, like last night I was at a, I was out at Holiday Park for some twelve U, <laughs> baseball, um, and I had the, <laughs> the first period and a half or so of the Oilers uh, Avalanche game on my phone while I was sitting in the bleachers, sound down, you know, it's uh-huh. classy, but I could at least keep. Uh, tabs on the track meet that was game one of the West while uh, while watching Jake play some baseball. So, yeah, I try to watch as much as I can. Um, sometimes the later games are better, but now I'm getting older, so it's harder to stay up. But at least the kids are in bed, I can I can focus, you know. Yeah, Trent knows all about uh-huh. that. Which he does his best watching uninterrupted. Well, the last night was incredible, right? It was just, all of those yeah. goals scored. And, look, we're going to see goaltending tonight. I think the two best goalies in the league, you may argue the point with me, are on display tonight in uh, Madison Square uh, Garden with Shazirkin. Uh, against uh, 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 Velas, uh, help me out, Vasilevsky, yeah. right? <laughs> um, they, these are these are one and two in my opinion in in the uh, in in the NHL. But last night, I mean, these guys, Nathan McKinnon with the puck on his stick, Connor McDavid with the puck on his stick. It's just so much fun to watch this offensive skill. Yeah, I think we talked about a few weeks back. I mean, scoring's up in the NHL, um, which is great for the the fans. Uh, great for the league it's a headache for the coaches i'm sure and goaltenders especially goalie coaches but um i think it's great for the casual fan too like i was thinking about the other night um i forget which game was on but it led right into sports center with scott van pelt on espn right so you're going right from a playoff hockey game into sports center he's sort of forced to lead with it now because it's a great game and i think that's just good for hockey overall this is what the league wanted when they went to espn and tnc and TNT's done an outstanding job with their coverage um, and a lot of people's opinions, mine included. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, tonight, you know, the East is – and they're two Russian-born goaltenders, mm-hmm. so I find that a very interesting dynamic, too. I'm sure Sturkin grew up watching Vasilevsky even as recently as the last couple of years as he was winning cups and, and becoming the league's top goaltender. Um, you know, UC Soros and Nashville's a great goalie as well, but I think these two guys tonight – are as good as it gets, especially Shesterkin, again, as a younger goalie, kind of on the rise. And in the West, um, you know, I, I think some of us expected probably 5-4, 6-5 type games. 8-6 in game one had nice. shades of, like, 1985 written all over it. Um, Kale McCarr, what an unbelievable mm. talent. Kadri's having a great year. Dreisaitl, I mean, you know, you mentioned McDavid and McKinnon, but, boy, these, these two teams can get after it. Um, I think it'll tighten up a little bit. Series moves along. We, you know, we saw Edmonton Calgary game one was like nine to six, um, and then sort of slowed down a bit as the series goes on. But 
the better goaltendings clearly in the East and the Conference Finals, and I think the scores will reflect that. So Tampa on their way to possibly a third straight cup, and think yeah. of the great teams and the dynasties that we've seen in the league. What would that do to Tampa? And a market that is hard, you're not going to run into a casual Tampa Bay Lightning fan by any means, but just in, in the context yeah. of three Stanley Cups in a row, what that would mean. Well, I, said, I think it says a lot about John Cooper, their head coach, yep. um, and the, and what they've done there to build that thing up. And let's not forget Derek Lalone, former Iowa Wild head coach. That's right. Got two Stanley Cup rings and could be closing in on a third. It's one of John Cooper's assistants there on the bench. Um, just an unbelievable ability for them to just stay with the roller coaster, no matter who's in their lineup, who's out, who they lose in free agency, how challenged they are by an up-and-coming team. Um, they just never seem to miss a beat. You can't beat them two games in a row. Uh, look at their playoff history. I don't think they've lost back-to-back playoff games since they went on this run, uh, winning now back-to-back Stanley Cups in closeout games or elimination games. Vasilevsky doesn't even give up a goal in most nights. I mean, you have to have something special to beat them four times in a best of seven. I never thought they'd have a shot in heck at winning two in a row, let alone three in a row. And here they are in the conference finals. Um, they don't have home ice. I don't know how much that'll hurt them. But when they have Vasilevsky and Net, they feel awfully confident about their game. And, and we'll see how it shakes out. I think it's going to be a great series. Yeah, I do too. And, and in fact, I'm picking the Rangers to win. Maybe um, I like the price better. But um, I, I, yeah. I think they've... Look, Igor Shashurskin, the goalie, just, just to put this in baseball terms, he's up for the Hart Trophy, which is the MVP. They have their own trophy. It's the Vesna. It's kind of like baseball, yeah. Cy Young. Oh, a pitcher should never win the MVP. He wins the Cy Young. Well, that's what this... And he's got a chance, right? I mean, it's Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, and Shashurskin. And I think the goalie's got a chance to pull off not only the Vesna, which he's a cinch, but also to get the Hart Trophy. It just goes to show you how good he is. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Kenny. I mean, he's going to be right there. I think Austin Matthews ultimately will win it. Because of his 60 uh, goals? Of the 60, yeah, yeah, the 60-goal season. It's just so hard to do these days. Uh, well, maybe not so much with the way scoring's up, but I, I think you get my point. On the flip side, you know, the con Smythe. I mean, could this be a year we see it go to a non-goalie of a non-winning team. Um, you know, you think about over the history of the league, I think only twice a player that hasn't won the Stanley Cup has won the playoff MVP. Uh, Ron Hextall did in 87 with the Flyers. Uh, he, of course, a goaltender. I think it's been done one other time, but I don't know if a non-goalie has ever done it. Um, we could have that, you know, with the numbers that McDavid and Dreisaitl are putting up or you know, you look out if Colorado doesn't win it all, or to your point, if Shesterkin and the Rangers don't do it, you know, get the whole thing wrapped up. Could could we have Shesterkin winning the Conn Smythe? I mean, it's it's going to be that type of storyline as well as the playoffs keep rolling along here. Um, but I just really think it's been so great for the game, all of it. We haven't had a lot of triple overtime games. We haven't had a lot of one goal games. But you certainly couldn't turn a game off last night like you had with with teams scoring four goals in a period and power plays and boy just an offensive display that was uh really fun to watch so uh edmonton calgary i I was so entrenched into that series it was so fun to watch and i saw uh calgary and one of their pending free agents johnny goudreau who said that his neighbors were shoveling the snow all winter long to try to keep him around what a great quote there but (laughs) the importance for a small market club like that to to keep him around today's structure of the nhl you, you kind of look around and you look and a lot of those canadian teams also how important it is to keep the homegrown stars if you will keep those guys home 
Yeah, and the dollar, too, you have to factor that in when you're talking about where he'd get more money um, elsewhere. And some of the markets, of course, with no tax, you know, um, can obviously offer him a better better chunk of change. He is a Jersey kid, so there's been a lot of talk. Will the Flyers try and make a run at him? I think it's definitely a big storyline once the Stanley Cup's handed out. You have the draft, and everybody's going to turn their attention to some of these big market free agents. Um and we'll see where, where Johnny Hockey, as he's known, ends up. It's certainly, to your point, Trent, important for Calgary to try and keep him. You know, he's he's been there his whole career, um, and he is, in a lot of ways, the engine that drives that, that ship there for them. So that'll be an interesting storyline. Um, and I think one of the other things you gotta you got to factor in here as we move along throughout these playoffs is just the, the future of the NHL and the way it continues to grow and, and the hope that, you know, we're able to make it a more accessible sport, uh, more inclusive sport, easier for kids and maybe a lower income demographic mm-hmm. to play. And again, just get more eyeballs on this product. Uh, the game's in great hands right now with these young stars. I mean, you look at all these players, they're 25 or younger for the most part Jeez. that are putting up these 100-point seasons. And it's funny, last night they referenced, 1985 uh, Oilers Blackhawks was the last time a playoff game at 14 goals or whatever it was <laughs> that I get. I don't know if it was Edmonton was involved in or if it was a conference final game or whatever. So I pulled up the rosters um, and all those guys: Gretzky, Curry, uh, Anderson, you know, Messier, Coffee. Yeah, yeah on, Ch- on Chicago's side, Denny Savard. You know, you look at all these great names, and they were all in their mid 20s. Mm. So it's kind of interesting how you're having this like renaissance of young players now putting up points. You go back in the 80s, it's sort of the same thing. Indeed. Joe, listen, uh, I know you're home for the family for the summer, uh, but I hope you'll allow us to impose on you once we get down to the uh, the cup finalists and do this one more time. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, anytime, guys. Thanks. Yeah, good to hear from you. Joe O'Donnell, we are out of hour. Uh, hour number two coming up, college football and Cappy. It's Des Moines Sports Station. Listening Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO.